Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Father God, for your promises, which are sure. Thank you, Lord, for your word that continues to help us to have truth that we can anchor into our life, that can guide us into the future. So we're not just wandering aimlessly, wondering what what does God require of us? What how what is the Lord looking for in from from our life? And so we thank you, Lord, for the the guiding truth of your word, uh, the mission, the rescue mission from heaven that has brought us all together today in this place. We thank you, Lord, for the life, the hope in Jesus, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Hey, I'm Lance, pastor here at Falls Church. Will you say hi to the friends that are gathered around you? Welcome somebody, hug somebody. How come I'm not seeing Rochelle? Oh, there's Rochelle. Hey, Rochelle, here's a this is for the kids department, uh, $1,900 for your BGMC, and here's over 23, hold on just a second, and here's over $2,300 that our youth gave to uh, speed the light this past, last past year, so. That's over $4,000 from our kids and youth to, to help uh, speed the light does, they buy missionaries Mostly vehicles, bikes, motorcycles, cars. When they get into the mission field, they need transportation. Boys and Girls Missionary Crusade does some of that, but more uh, like outreach uh, um, and printed material that they give to kids in schools and kind of outreach events that they help missionaries when they get there. Then they finally need, you know, resources to actually uh, have some events and activities. So our kids give to a Boys and Girls Missionary Crusade, our youth give to Speed the Light. Oh, our Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge. Did it used to be Crusade? Yeah, because it used to be a like a Crusade outreach thing. I got you, Rochelle. Thank you. Woo. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners to be crucified and on the third day be, be raised again. Then they remembered his words. Suddenly, Jesus reminds them after his resurrection and boom, breakthrough. Like, now, oh yeah, now, now I remember you said that, right? And isn't it funny that, uh, Wendy, don't worry about it, it's just water, isn't it? Some, you know, I'll be preaching so much fire that that'll evaporate by the end of the day. It's just water. Don't even worry about it. So we're used to massive rainfalls these days. So people will just be glad it didn't come from the ceiling or something like that. They'll be happy. So that's the nice thing about this concrete floor, right? You probably next week that might leave a water stain and will add value to the floor. So it'll be, be even better next week. But when you've heard something and then someone reminds you and then you go, yeah, I remember that. And isn't it funny the way some things can really stick in your mind? Sometimes someone says something to you in passing 
they don't even remember it, but years later you remind them that they said it to you and stuck in your brain and affected the way you, decisions you made or something you did a job, and they just mentioned it in passing. It wasn't that important to them, but it sticks in your mind. My dad once said to me when I was a teenager, and I was talking about uh, betting on a, uh, the Super Bowl or something like that. My dad said, he didn't give me much advice because I didn't see him much growing up, but he said, you know, don't gamble. Just pay your taxes once a year, he said. <laughs> and I thought about that for a moment. I went, yeah, that's true. You're just, it's like just being taxed all year round. You're just throwing money away. So some reason that stuck in my brain. I've never been a gambler. Uh, maybe I've, I put a lunch on the line when I was golfing with a buddy, and Joan would say to me, well, isn't that kind of gambling, Lance? And I'd say, no. You know how bad of a golfer he is? <laughs> Please, that's a guaranteed lunch. That's not gambling. That's a wise investment. You know, please. And But my dad said that to me in passing, and it stuck in my brain, and it affected decisions, I think, that, that have, have been a positive effect in my brain my whole life. Now, it didn't keep him from gambling. He, he gambled till his last days and left $27 in his checking account. But, but it stuck in my brain. <laughs> and then other things that were important, we can, you know, absolutely forget and cannot even remember conversations. I, I've been there before, and sometimes it's not our fault. It's just beyond that day, what, what was going on in our brain. You know, we were, our brain was doing other things, kind of listening. We, we've, how many have been guilty of kind of listening before? How many have been guilty of, like, making sure you're looking like you're listening because you knew you weren't listening very closely? Caught your, how many have caught yourself not listening very closely but wanting to look like you're still listening and kind of repenting and going, okay, I'm going to really look like I'm listening now, okay? Sometimes, you know, a person will call me back and say, Hey, Lance, last year you were talking about home security or something. I'm making up a story. And now my mom's house, you know, somebody tried to break into it. Nothing happened. But now we're, now we're really thinking about security. And what, what, was, what was that company you mentioned to me? Something like that. You know, we all have these conversations. People will text me about, you know, a plumber, an electrician, an HVAC guy because – or someone that does – someone texts me this week. Hey, you have this guy who does stonework, right? What's his name? And, and I always like giving Francisco's name out because he has this really cool accent. His name's Francisco. And he said, man, your fireplace is amazing, you know. <laughs> he said, can I put your website on – he said, can I put your fireplace on my website? And I was like, yes, you can do anything you want with a cool accent like that. But other times, like big gaps in my mind. But this is a moment where God opens up the minds of those that were walking along with Jesus in a supernatural way to impart the, the knowledge and the, the wisdom and, and the truth and the power of the resurrection. They had heard Jesus teaching through those three and a half years and whether all of these disciples were with him all of that time majority of them were with him, uh, a big bulk of his time where he taught so many things. So if he talked about the son of the man, man must suffer or the, or the son of God and were they, they weren't really sure what all that meant and was he a prophet or was he the prophet or something, you know, they thought, many thought he was the Messiah. And Jesus said, 
you know, he, he they have this encounter where they go to the, I'm sorry, not Jesus said, but they go to the tomb where I left off in verse 5, so let's go to 6. He's not here, he's risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered in the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day, raise again. Then... It was like, again, their their minds were opened up to conversations they'd had before. And then they go, wow, yeah, I do remember that. That's right. He said that, but it it didn't make sense to us back then. They had this plans for the Messiah and his reign and his glory on earth, not suffering. It was not in their calculator. It wasn't in their process of suffering, rejection, death, crucifixion. And now they're remembering his words and going, Wow, he said that, and he's alive, those that arrived at the tomb first. Today, many of you are here today because your mind, your heart, your your spiritual eyes, if I can use that term, have been opened up to what God has done for us through Christ Jesus. And now we see Jesus clearly, and his words shape our lives. God reveals himself to those who seek him, to those who humble themselves, and it's and it's not because of us. There aren't like better seekers out there than other people. You're, there aren't more worthy people for the impartation, for the understanding. But it was because of him, because of the mercy that God has shown to humanity through his son Jesus. Amen? When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven. So these ladies go and they see this and the angels speak to them. They go back to the disciples. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up, ran to the tomb, bending over. He saw the strips of linen lying by themselves and went away, wondering himself uh, what had happened. Raising someone from the dead, you know, is one miraculous. Not many did, but there were those prophets who uh, spoke uh, life back into those who had died, and they saw that life-giving power working through Jesus. But, and and then if you're a, an Old Testament believer, like these uh, disciples, like, they would have heard the stories of, like, Ezekiel, and, and was it literally that these dead bones came back together, and, and an army of the people of God was came back to life again now but someone themselves dying and raising themselves back up to life again like this is another this is another resurrection beyond their own understanding so peter runs to check it out himself he was probably hoping to hear the angels tell him that announcement like okay those angels appear to you i'm gonna go there so i can hear those angels say those exact things because what you're saying right now what you're telling us Sounds like gibberish. So he runs to the tomb. He sees the burial remains, and he's trying, and he's thinking to himself. uh, Verse 12 says he's wondering to himself what has happened because to, to him, this isn't making sense. This isn't adding up. He leaves this place wondering how could, how could, how could all this be? And maybe he's flashing back into his own mind and, and his own heart of all the teachings that Jesus said. Did he say something about dying and coming back to life again? And he did. Will you stand with me? Lord, we are here because of your great 
miraculous power, your incredible love for us. Would you, we pray your presence would continue to rest on us and help us to build an altar right where we're at, where we give words of praise to you as one body united in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to look to the Lord with his tithes and our offerings. Um, God has blessed us and uh, us American Christians uh, beyond. Um, it's almost kind of embarrassing the levels of prosperity that we have in this country filled with a lot of ungrateful, un, you know, uh, kind of can't get enough kind of people. And it's a deception of the enemy, right? Like we know half the world lives on $500 a year, you know? And uh, so it just kind of shows you like that half the world understands the value of life and family and that's what makes you wealthy, you know? And for us, it's, you know, and and here I am in my little tie and belt and really cool shoes that I got on sale. And uh, I guess the test for us would be if we can live in a place where poverty would make you one of the wealthiest people around the world. Are you, do you still, are you walking in thanks? And have you come to the place where Jesus is the treasure of your life? And with him, it's, it's enough. It's enough. Lord, thank you that you have blessed us as your people and that you're not asking for all our stuff. You're asking for all our life, our, our breath, our, our, our energy, our focus, and we fall so short of that. And, Lord, you've just asked us to give uh, the first tenth of everything we have, so help us to be people that are cheerful givers, that give. And uh, I thank you for the, the missionaries that are working around the globe that, that we're trying to funnel mon money to them together as a, as a group of people. And we pray for those that are working at the, the food bank in Sioux Falls and community outreach. And uh, I know there's counseling services. I know there's all kinds of uh, businessmen that are trying to help people get their finances in order in a, in a, in a, as, a, as a gift and a donation. And there are people that fix cars for people that can't afford them and continue to God bless uh, the, the work and the energy of those who give sac sacrificially, uh, those who give to help others um, make, a, make it through. And, uh, but more than that, Lord, we want the truth of Jesus to invade the lives of those in our community that we work with in our neighborhood. We're praying for the work of Jesus to continue to accelerate uh, through all this false sense of security of prosperity in America, you're grabbing some real people's hearts that if the economy crashes, that if everything falls apart, we can't afford a tank of gas. We've got the treasures of the kingdom. We have the hope in Jesus. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you as you give. King Jesus, King Jesus arrived, continues to rule. The heavenlies He'll, re he'll return again to declare all, all God's, uh, uh, Philippians says, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And you might know some people, they'll never bow down to God. They'll never, yes, they will one day. If it's not on this earth, it will be 
on the portal to all eternity that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? My advice, do it in advance. Hey, you may be seated. Smile at somebody. Smile at somebody. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you coming out. And uh, you're all just as special, but there's something about that bass thing you're playing, you know, because when you spin it like this, it's cello, you know? So like that. It's kind of like a double bass today. Sweet. Nice job. Thank you guys for coming out early on Easter Sunday morning to help with the worship. There are those that are still walking, working, living next to us that are still wondering what we're celebrating today. Like they haven't they haven't figured it out yet. They're still wondering. And thank you, Lord, that our eyes have been opened to see what he has done, to have the plan of heaven revealed to us mere mortals that he's alive. And that even if a majority of folks think that we're just mumbling gibberish like these ladies at the tomb, like doesn't make sense to them. It's the miracle of miracles and a reflection of the mercy of God to all of us who believe. Let's continue reading now. That same day, two of them were going to the village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. How many have ever walked seven miles? Where are you at? How many have watched other people run seven miles or more? You know, <laughs> like you prefer watching others. How many prefer others running and you just watching? How many are like that, you know? It's that time of year where those runners and people are out on the streets when you're driving by and you just go, yeah, keep going. And then turn your air on, you know, try to get a little more comfortable while you're driving. Seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened, and as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. Wouldn't this have been cool to be one of those people walking on this road? And they, he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk today? And uh, they stood still, their faces downcast, like they paused for a moment, like, what? You don't, how could you and one of them said, one of them named uh, Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, Jesus says, you know, about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it's the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was still alive or he was alive again. <laughs> And then some of our companions went to the tomb and found out it was true that his body's gone. And they found the little remains there. Nobody knows what happened to Jesus. It, they say we had our hopes up that he was the Messiah. And add to that the, the vision and the message of them stating, but, but he's alive. And they were trying to put these pieces together in their minds. And, and Jesus actually takes a pretty aggressive tone with them. Uh, it, it, it wasn't 
the religious leaders, and I think Jesus' point is trying to be really clear. It wasn't the religious leaders' revenge that had prevailed. It wasn't the evil Roman power that spoiled the beautiful thing that God was doing. No, no, no. This was God's plan. And that no one stopped the Messiah, but the Messiah was on a road to fulfill for God this mission to rescue humanity. So he said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all the all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Now, that would have been great to been a little a little bird on the shoulder, right? To listen to that. Jesus walking them through from Moses through all the prophets, the scriptures concerning him, putting all the pieces together for them. What a walk. And, you know, to be walking on that road that day, I imagine uh, seven miles through that kind of terrain. Joan and I were in, got to walk in that area. Pretty rough terrain, but Jesus must have made their walk seemed like a few moments, you know, like because later they say our hearts burned when you talk to us on the road. Like we were so into this. Com you ever been in a conversation? And you didn't realize how much time had gone by. Had you? Huh? You ever played a video game and been so into it? You didn't realize how much time had gone by. Huh? Any parents ever seen your kids like for zombies for hours and they didn't realize it to them? It was just a moment. Their hearts burned as they were annihilating Zombie Nazis and stuff. I don't know. Whatever video game. But Jesus rebukes them. They, they had this belief that he was going to deliver them from the Roman oppression and all the evil that they looked around. They saw the pride and the power and the control of the religious leaders that opposed Jesus. And then they saw the, the other side, the Roman government, their pagan worship and, and their persecution of the Jewish people. There were these two powerful entities and lots of people just looking out for themselves and getting for themselves and grabbing for themselves. And when Jesus all along was fulfilling God's plan to rescue them from sin, this is my big point of the day, not necessarily rescuing them from evil. They were still surrounded by these evil empires. They were still surrounded by this warped, prideful, uh, religious organization of, the, of the, the nation of Israel. They were still caught in the middle. The moment they found the power of the resurrection, it didn't mean now they were going to have it easy dealing with Roman soldiers in the marketplace. It didn't mean they were going to have an easy time when they gathered for a festival and they now wanted to worship and talk about Jesus, but the Jews believed he was a heretic and that they killed him, that he was a blasphemer. It didn't mean that their life was going to be easy because many of them gave their life again for Jesus' sake. Jesus arriving does not make this planet Heaven on earth, although we can see glimpses of, of how good God is, although we can see reflections of his creation and how awesome the power of God is. But I think when you find the hope of the resurrection and the Holy Spirit enters your life, you're aware of evil more than you ever were. And when Christ's spirit begins to control your life, you're aware of good and evil at a whole new level all around you. A new sensitivity to the battle within and the battle around. 
And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. They worked, walked all day long. It was almost dark. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and then they recognized him. And the moment they went, oh, you're Jesus, he was gone. Transporter, beamed him up by Scotty, gone. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while we talked with uh, while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures up to us. This is one of those prayers that I hope that you'll pray at the end of this gathering today. Lord, open the scriptures up to me. Open. I, I think that's a prayer that God could answer in your life at a whole new level to impartation. Are the lights blinking every once in a while or am I having a seizure? OK. All right. And if you blink a lot, maybe you didn't know it. It's happening once in a while. They got up, returned at once to Jerusalem after this walk. Verse 33. Next slide, please help me. They were found there. They found the eleven and and those with them assembled together and saying, it's true. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized them by them when they broke bread. And while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said, peace be with you. So they're getting the report. Did you hear what happened? And we were walking with him. He's telling us. And then just when we broke the bread, we recognized Jesus and whoo, he was gone. And then he, they show up there and they're telling about, oh, here's what happened. Peter wrapped the tomb and we were walking the road. And, just, whoo, and then all of a sudden Jesus transports himself and he's right there at their table with them. Pretty crazy. Where was I at? What? 37? They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. That cartoon, that little video was great, wasn't it? <laughs> and he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do you uh, doubts rise in your minds? Look at my feet and uh, look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as, you've, as you see I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it, 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 it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? And he gave them a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. And he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. And then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what's written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for all for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. My mind has been opened up to the truth of Jesus. Many of you here today, your mind has been opened up 
and what is complex and mind-boggling to humanity becomes plain, clear. It's still hidden from a lot of people. After the resurrection, this message of salvation has been relayed from generation to generation, the story of God's great mercy, that God did it in his mercy. And finding hope in Jesus doesn't mean he saved us from evil, that he saved us from hardship. Nope. He didn't come to save you from sorrow. He didn't come to save you from struggle. He didn't come to save you from unemployment. He didn't come to save you from lost investments. He didn't come to save you from broken and shattered relationships. He didn't come to save you from conflict. He didn't come to set up heaven on earth. But he came to cover our sins and the sins of the world so we could be in right relationship with God. Our country is filled with kind of easy believism. And we probably get more people in church if we tell them, give your life to Jesus and everything will start going better. You'll make more money. You'll get promoted. You'll you'll be happier. But what about when the storms of life rock your world? Is Jesus your world? Because then you're on a sure foundation. If he's everything to you, no one can really take anything from you. You know what I mean? If Jesus is your everything... No one can take anything from you. I like how Peter said, praise be to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish. It won't spoil. It doesn't fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by the fire, may result in praise, glory, honor when Christ Jesus is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith and the salvation of your souls. Will you stand with me? Thank you, Lord, for displaying your great mercy on us through the hope we have found in the resurrection. And I want you just to kind of we're going to just end with this simple little chorus. We didn't really practice it together. We're not really worried about it being a performance for you. But would you just sing this prayer with me that says, open the eyes of our heart, because my that's a prayer you can pray is, Lord, open my spiritual eyes, open up my mind to the truth of your word, that it's it's not just a religion. It's not just something I gathered together a few few times a month to, to talk about something. But help me to understand for myself, Lord, help my heart to be open to where where it can burn and it can uh, impact my my thoughts and my decisions for the future. Lord, 
That's our prayer in this place, that you would open our minds and hearts up to your word when we read it, that it comes alive to the truth of the hope of the resurrection, the great display of mercy from heaven. We will walk in your goodness and friendship together in Jesus' name. And all the church said, amen. Amen. Lord bless you. He's alive. He's alive indeed. Hug somebody. Be kind to those that are around you. Walk in the goodness of the Lord. Awesome. Nice job.